Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with this week's conversation about resilience. But first, if you wish to create a better life and have a better career, then please visit michaelobrienshift.com and download your free workbook on how to create a better life. In it, you'll discover ways to find more energy for the things and the people who matter most to you so you can create a better tomorrow. Hey there, it's Michael, and welcome back or welcome to the Kintsugi Podcast. It's time for another conversation about resilience. Today, we're gonna to talk about the importance of our circles and how living an inside out kind of life can help you build more resilience. And when you have more resilience, you also with it have more belonging because, hey, this thing called life and career, we can't do it by ourselves. We need each other. Now, I grew up in upstate New York in a city called Rochester, about six hours away if my dad's driving, five and a half if I'm driving. But it took me into really my mid-20s to get out of my circle, get out of suburbia up there in my college life and visit New York City for the very first time. And since I grew up in quiet suburbia, when I got to New York for the first time, whoa, did it light my pilot light, just cranked it up. Today, I live about seven miles away from New York City. And when the world gets tense, and let's face it, it's been tense for a while, I look toward New York for hope. Now, albeit, it has plenty of issues. We're not going to go into all of them today. But somehow, some way, close to 9 million people live together on 23 square miles. I'm just talking about right now Manhattan, not the other boroughs. And they live together in relative peace and connectiveness. It's pretty cool. Even though they believe different things, they pray to different gods, they love different people, and they just feel differently. We've gone through this whole pandemic as a shared experience, but everyone there has experienced it somewhat differently. But still, they live in relative peace. It gives me hope. I like to think of New York, I like to think of this country not as this great American melting pot that we, we've learned when we were in grammar school or through Schoolhouse Rocks, but rather as one big salad. You know, it's all a bunch of people living with different cultures, but living in harmony. It's like arugula and heirloom tomatoes and organic carrots and a little avo in one massive salad. And I say all those things because New York, well, it's, hey, it's a very bougie salad because New York, one of its issues is it can be very bougie and the income inequality there is one of its problems that it has to address. But again, back to my main point, somehow, someway, all those people looking at the world completely differently, feeling differently about the world. As you've heard me say countless times, how we see the world shapes how we feel about it, how we feel about it, those emotions shape our action as we step into the world. Somehow, some way, they live in relative peace and connectedness. 
So yesterday was an emotional day for us. We moved our oldest into New York City. Thanks to some pandemic pricing, she and her high school BFF now have their first professional life apartment in the city. It's a six floor walk up. So in addition to the rent payment, they also get a gym membership climbing those stairs and down those stairs. So they will be in shape before their lease is out. And she grew up only seven miles away from the city. So she knows her way around. But I really do hope that she uses it as a moment to travel further outside of her circle, something that her dad really didn't get to experience when he was growing up. It took myself much later in life to get outside of my circle, to travel outside of, well, I grew up in sort of white bread, to learn about diverse cultures and different ways of life. There's a quote I love from Pima Chadra. It goes like this. We stand in the center of our own circle and everything we see, hear, and think forms the Mandela of our life. And when I go back to how I was living life early in my career, when I was about her age or maybe a few years younger than that, I had no concept of what Pima shares in this quote. In fact, mindfulness and meditation was something that I thought was really woo-woo that hippies did or people from California who ate grape nuts did. And I wasn't really living life with much awareness. One could convincingly argue that because I was too busy hustling and grinding before hustle and grinding became cool. I was on my hamster wheel. I had to get things done. I had to make things happen. But nevertheless, this is how the universe works. I was still standing smack dab in the center of my circle. And you throw a little ego in there for good measure. I thought life was about trying to bring as much stuff into your circle as possible. Certainly much more stuff than the other guy. So what I did early in my career was I mimicked what I saw in others. They were chasing after external merit badges, material possessions, that were outside their circle and they wanted to bring it in. So I thought, well, I'll just follow their lead, but I'll try to do it better. I'll bring more stuff into my circle than the next guy. That was the secret of life. I thought if I did that better than the Joneses, if you will, I would have made it. I would feel like I belonged. Because that was something I was definitely thirsty for. I thought also it would make me happy. But most of those things never did make me happy. What I've come to realize over time is that back then, I was just chasing happiness. I was living life from the outside in. And here's the crazy thing about living life from the outside in and chasing happiness. And if you've ever chased your happiness, you'll know exactly what I'm about to share, is that sometimes you catch those things, those external merit badges, those material possessions. And I'll say this, they're not all bad. Some of them are good. As you advance your career, you might have a little bit more influence to shape more lives. But I was doing it from an outside-in perspective, not a healthy inside-out perspective. So you do catch those things. And when you do, it feels good. You get a little dopamine hit and you're like, whoo, that feels pretty good. I want a little bit more of that juice. So instead of having a moment where you pause, breathe, and reflect, maybe a moment of gratitude, you go back to chasing, you get back on that hamster wheel. And then eventually you fall into a trap. 
because all that chasing is exhausting. You feel overwhelmed, you get burnt out. And I felt that. Now, luckily I had my accident and that was one major pause button for me to shift or reset the way I was doing my life. But for a lot of folks, they don't have that moment just yet. I really did think back then I had to do more to be more in order to feel like I belonged in order for me to have permission to be happy. So recently, around this topic of outside in, I was talking to Sebony uh, Selassie from the 10% Happier podcast. Her book, You Belong, is fantastic. It's awesome sauce, as I would say. And her book is the feature book in our Leadership Academy, the Paceline Leadership Academy. As we dive into diversity, equity, inclusion this month, as we, in concert, celebrate Black History Month, and she'll also be an episode of the Kintsugi podcast as we get later in the month of February. So she shared a different kind of outside in perspective, and it relates back to diversity and inclusion, or as she would say, belonging. She likes to help people visualize themselves in the center of the circle, namely white folk like me, and then draw a whole bunch of other circles on the outside of your circle. So you're in the center and everyone outside in those circles are folks from previously or currently marginalized groups or in a lot of ways, dehumanized groups like people of color, LGBTQ folks, all those folks outside the circle. And here's Here's the thing with a lot of corporations, their current diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts are focused in on bringing those outside circles into the inner circle. And we do a lot of different things to make that happen. We check our bias, we do unconscious bias training, we set up diverse interview panels. There's a whole list of things that folks are doing. And it is making some progress. I don't want to say it's all bad. It's certainly not making progress as fast as we need to make progress. But it's all around outside in type of thinking. And some people do come in and we're like, oh, wow, those people came in and we prematurely give ourselves high fives, high fives thinking that we've made it. Like we're done, but we're not done. The road toward the right level of diversity, equity, and inclusion is a long road to travel. I like to think, because it's reality, that we have many more miles to pedal together on this. But this way of approaching diversity, equity, and inclusion, again, not bad, but it's just one way. It's just another form of outside-in thinking, much like how I was doing it, a little bit different, but how I was doing it in the early part of my career, I was thinking outside-in as well. I thought it would help me feel like I belonged. I thought it would help me make make myself happy, but it doesn't create the same sense of belonging that we really do need, that strength of belonging that we need in a strong Peloton so we can create a better normal. A much better approach, and this is what I discovered along the way through my recovery, and my mentors, Tammy and David, will definitely echo this. A better approach is inside out. So, Yes, it's true that we need to remove barriers, check our bias, do that and a whole bunch more to help the outside come in. 
But it's also essential, ever so vital, for those who live in the inside circle, which happens to be mainly white males, if I'm going to make a broad brush statement, to travel outside of their own circle in order to create more belonging. We have to travel outside. It's akin to the leader, and I'll use a male leader who says he has an open door policy, but expects everyone to walk through his door. His door only has one direction for the folks to walk in and land on his turf. But he never walks through his own door to meet people where they're at on their turf. Now, I learned the importance of this from a gentleman. His name is Bill Sheldon. He was my boss's boss, and he was fantastic about managing by walking around. He would leave his office all the time. So I learned that very valuable leadership lesson. In fact, when I was in the hospital, he came to visit me three times. He was the president of the company, and he was an expert of walking through his door and meeting people on their grounds, on their turf as a way for him to live a inside-out kind of life. So what I've discovered through the years in order to build more resilience and also to build true wealth, true success, happiness, belonging, you name it, it all starts from within us. As Seb writes in her book, and she said, I could probably label every chapter you belong, It all starts with this belief that you belong. For me, I belong, that we belong. But it starts with ourselves. Inside-out thinking starts with you. So this month, we'll continue to pursue, hopefully goes well beyond this month, because this is a day-in and day-out type of thing. So as we pursue more diversity, equity, inclusion, and that pursuit is something worth pursuing, There's a really great quote from Roz Hudnall. She was the first diversity, chief diversity officer at Intel. And she said, I think I might get the quote slightly off, but if you don't live a diverse life, you can't lead diverse teams. And if I could be so bold to add, the only way to lead a diverse life is to travel outside your circle, to get out there out into your community. It could be through books and movies and podcasts or just travel, you name it. But in order to lead diverse teams, in order to lead inclusive teams, teams that have belonging, we need to have belonging ourselves. We need to have inclusion ourselves. We need to live a diverse life. So this week, as we continue to celebrate Black History Month here in the States, and we also celebrate the Asian New Year, the Lunar New Year, I invite you to be curious and carve out some time to live life outside of your own circle. And if you have a book recommendation, a movie recommendation, podcast, you name it, let, let us know. I, I'm always eager to learn a little bit more. It's something that I'm committed to as I go through these next several years, just as a diversity, equity, and inclusion ally and sponsor. So if you have a gem out there, please do share. You can share at thekintsugipodcast.com. That's one website. Or my main website, Michael O'Brien, shift.com. And 
on both sides, if you have a question about almost anything, drop it there. I'll be happy to answer it for you. You can also check out at michaelobrienshift.com a Better Life Workbook, which you heard me talk about earlier in this episode, but also all of our Pause, Breathe, and Reflect gear, which is more than just a shirt. It's a way of living your life. So you can create more belonging out there. So as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Kintsugi Podcast and another conversation about resilience. We'll be back next week. But until then, I hope you pause, breathe, reflect to build more belonging in your life, to get outside of your circle. And of course, as always, I want to make sure that you have fun storming the castle. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.